Welcome to the Forward Healing Project. This is a weekly podcast where we acknowledge the challenges and grief experienced with infertility and miscarriage. Through honest and real talk, we will share stories, explore emotions, and seek healing by reclaiming, redefining, and renewing what it means to heal a hopeful heart. Welcome to the Forward Healing Project podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Allen. Today, we're going to talk about boundaries. There are good boundaries and bad boundaries. And by bad bad boundaries, I mean walls. We're going to talk about both. What's a boundary? It's a line, a limit, and a directional sign. Boundaries are what we will and will not accept in our life. Now, the problem with boundaries is people don't like them. We don't like them. We don't like to respect them. We don't like to draw them. And we really don't like when people give them to us. Here's the thing. They are necessary, like it or not. The good news is drawing a line is a lot easier than building a wall. I had an eye-opening realization way too late in life that I, I care to admit. But that realization was that we teach people how we want to be treated. And that's a hard thing to accept because that usually illuminates how unclear we've been with people about what we want and what we don't want in a relationship. And it illuminates that we have been teaching people really bad habits about how to treat us. The way we do teach people this is through boundaries and lack thereof. It's a fact that we tell people how we want to be treated. I know I just repeated myself because it bears repeating, because I don't think we are all aware of this. So how does this relate to infertility and miscarriage? Well, it relates in a huge way. When you're processing grief, you are a walking, gaping wound, and sometimes just breathing hurts. So when we have walls instead of boundaries, we get hurt even more. So let's get into it. A wall... It's something we build in order to protect ourselves. But more often than not, that wall is not soundproof, but it is usually invisible. So we're teaching people that they're not allowed past the wall, but they can still say things and do things that we will hear and see. And those things can cut deep. But because of the wall, they can't see or hear us. When you have a boundary, people see you and they hear you. So they know clearly, or as clearly as you tell them, where the line is. Because a boundary is clear, it is visible, and it is communicated. We build walls to keep people out. When we keep people on the other side of the wall, they'll see it as something to be conquered, something they can burst through or climb over. But a boundary tells them, you shall not pass. Sorry, I love Lord of the Rings, so bear with me for a moment. In Lord of the Rings, Gandalf the Grey is fleeing with the other members of the Fellowship, and they're running for safety. And they get to the bridge just as they're almost free, and they're attacked. I think the thing that attacks them is called a Balrog, Balrog, something. It's a dragony thing. Anyway, Gandalf strikes his staff into the ground, and he says, you shall not pass. It's a terrible interpretation of that, but it's a classic scene you shall not pass. He's drawing a boundary in order to protect himself and those around him. Now, if you know the story, you know he falls and is taken by the creature. But what happens after 
he returns, and he is transformed as Gandalf the White. He is the same but different. He's stronger, wiser, more confident. This part's going to make more sense towards the end when I'm going to talk about the in-between and the transition. But keep our friend Gandalf in mind when we get there. So back to the boundary. A good boundary is kind. I think it's Brene Brown that says clear is kind. And a boundary should be clear. It tells the other person how to be kind to you. It tells people what you are and are not willing to allow into your space. And when you're grieving, it's vital to protect your space. It's a part of self-care that you cannot ignore. Boundaries are hard. It's hard to tell your mother that something she says is hurting you. It's hard to tell your friends that you can't go to their baby shower. It's hard to tell someone that you do not follow them and their four children on Facebook. And it's hard to tell your mother-in-law that you can't go to Mother's Day brunch. But these are some of the boundaries you may need to draw. It's self-preservation, no doubt. But it is kind to tell people around you what you can and cannot deal with. When we build walls, we're tempted to hide behind them because that's what walls are for. When we draw a boundary, we walk out into the open, up to the line, and we say, here I am. You can see me, and I can't let you pass this line right now. It's telling your friends and your family that you are struggling, and here's what you can and cannot deal with at this point in your journey. We spend a lot of time worrying about what others will feel or think And there's nothing wrong with that if it comes from a place of love and compassion. If we worry about what others will feel and think while sacrificing our own emotional and spiritual safety, then we have failed to draw a good boundary. Without a strong boundary, we let in the things that break us, the things that cut us, and the things that make us feel less than. I know there's some men that listen to this podcast, and they are probably far better at drawing boundaries than women are. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Here's the story. I remember we had a coworker. My husband and I both knew, and we work for companies that are associated with each other, so we know a lot of the same people. There was this one woman, we'll call her Deidre, and I knew Deidre well, and my husband worked with her, and she would ask me every single time I saw her about children. And it would sound something like, so any baby news yet? Or something to that effect. This would gut me, gut me. But I said nothing. I just took it like a punch to the face. And then she started in with my husband every single time she saw him. He kind of laid into her one day and asked her to please stop asking. He drew the boundary that I never did. I just allowed her to run roughshod over my heart. He, he put a stop to it. My husband is a giant teddy bear of a guy, but when you poke the bear, well, I wasn't there, but it stopped and she never asked again. Maybe this isn't the best example because that boundary was drawn out of frustration. But my point is the boundary was drawn. He drew a boundary and made it clear it was not okay for her to continue with her inquiry. 
I think she was asking out of hope for us, but it went too far. I hid behind the wall. He drew the line. So let's step, take a step back there for a moment. A healthy boundary is clear. It's not emotional. It is not a punishment. It is telling someone with love and compassion for the other person and for yourself what is okay and what is not okay. A boundary is a discipline. And discipline, though initially counterintuitive, discipline provides freedom. Would you rather an encounter where you walk away battered and bruised and the other person not even knowing they were the ones throwing the punch? Or would you rather an encounter where you know what you can and cannot do or say in order to engage in a free and loving exchange that is respectful? I hope you would rather the latter. But what do we so often do? We take it. We hunker down behind the wall. We cower and hope it'll be over soon. We suffer through a Mother's Day without telling anyone that you are dying inside. We listen to our mother, aunt, friend, tell us all the ways we could get pregnant and how their neighbor's cousin struggled and went on vacation and got pregnant. We sit in the corner of a baby shower with a fake smile plastered on our face and hope to God that the elasticity of our fake smiles hold back the tears long enough to get to the car where you can break down in private. Now, had we drawn boundaries, we would say, I love you. I love that you care. I'm happy for you, but I can't be there today. I can't show up for you right now because I need to protect my heart. Telling someone what you need is not selfish. It's kind, it's clear, and it is loving to you and to the other person. Boundaries are a form of communication, not a form of punishment. Now, there can be a challenge with boundaries, and that is when we, the ones drawing the boundaries, can take it too far. Boundaries are not weapons to be wielded. They are directional signs. They say this way, not that way. They say do not enter and sharp curves ahead. And that's okay. They're there to protect us. Just like a guardrail on an overlook. It's there to say, hey, if you cross this line, someone's going to get hurt. But we can use them as a weapon. They make us stronger because as we develop boundaries in our life, we are giving our hearts time to heal and our minds time to take a breath. And as people learn your boundaries, you get space and there's a real temptation to keep those boundaries up because now you have all this space. I think a helpful image here is to draw boundaries with silk, not barbed wire. Silk is strong, but it's also flexible. It can bend and it's soft to the touch. If you approach a silk boundary, you would see it, but it would not hurt you or the other person. Boundaries made out of barbed wire are rigid, and if someone gets too close, they'll get cut. And barbed wire boundaries are a lot harder to remove. My point is it's important to have clear lines, and it's hard, but saying thank you for asking, but we're working through some challenges at the moment, and I prefer not to discuss this, or when you ask me about children, it's painful. We just had a miscarriage and we're not ready to talk about it. Or say to your mother, to be able to say, we're struggling with fertility right now. 
And when you tell me about other people's pregnancies all the time and about other people's children, it hurts me. Can you please refrain from sharing that news as frequently? That's hard to say, and it's scary. Because in order to draw a boundary, you have to be vulnerable. You have to walk up to the line and say, hey guys, see this line? You can't cross it. You can't have free access to this part of me. But what that does is it reveals the part of you that you're trying to protect. So yes, drawing boundaries is scary stuff, but it makes you stronger. It builds your relationships and it teaches people around you how you want to be treated. Not as a fragile piece of glass or a giant brick wall, but as someone that needs some space to heal in a healthy way. I recently came across an interesting word, liminal. It's from a Latin word, lemen. I think I pronounced that right. Um, it means threshold. And I went down a rabbit hole of internet surfing on liminality. And I came across an article by a woman named Lori Burroughs Grad. She's a grief blogger and Huffington Post editor-in-chief of Epicurious.com. She wrote a short article in the Huffington Post in 2017 titled, Liminality, the Threshold Betwixt and Between. In it, she quotes a man named Victor Turner, who defined liminal individuals as neither here nor there. They are betwixt and between. She also quotes a gentleman named Arnold Van Gennep, who describes this transitional phase as having a three-part structure, separation, liminal period, and reassimilation. I'm going to quote Brad here. She wrote that a person grieving can be considered going through this pattern. She feels the loss, then is inducted into the liminal transition period, and finally reassimilates into society. This kind of blew me away because that is exactly what we go through. When you're struggling and processing infertility or miscarriage, you are neither here nor there. You are betwixt and between. You're separated from society. I mentioned the word polarizing a lot in past episodes and probably in many future episodes. You are neither here nor there. I took you down this little side road to illustrate that in order to transition, to heal, to grow strong so that you might reassimilate, you need boundaries. You need to create a safe place so while you are in the betwixt and between, you can process and transform and with the grace of God, grow stronger and wiser. Remember our friend Gandalf? So when we implement boundaries, we are transitioning. We are giving ourselves space to breathe, to grow stronger, to transition into something that is able, someone that is able to grieve and heal without dodging punches. Someone that can return from the betwixt and the between. And the idea that we are neither here nor there, this stopped me in my tracks. This verbalized what I mean when I say polarizing. And it's so true. When you're struggling with infertility or grieving a miscarriage, or honestly grieving anything, you are neither here nor there. You're separated. And you will transition. But it's up to you how. You can transition in a negative way or in a positive way. And while you're in the in-between, you can draw healthy, clear boundaries. You can use this time to transition to forward heal. No one likes being separated from the herd. 
especially if that separation is not something we chose. You didn't choose to lose your baby. You didn't choose to struggle with fertility, but you can choose how you heal. It may not feel like it, and it is hard. It's so hard, and it's scary. But drawing boundaries is a great place to start. Boundaries keep you safe. Boundaries give you space, and boundaries let you transform. I hope this episode brings you some forward healing. Join me next week when I talk about what we lose and what we gain. Infertility and miscarriage rob us of so much, but there are a few good things that we get in return. We're going to unpack both of what we lose and what we gain. Thank you for listening. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us.